We are often mesmerized by the rich, powerful, and beautiful people of the world. We dream of associating with them. But when we focus our attention on the fashionable people of this world, it is often at the expense of those who need it the most, the unfashionable. Well, hello everyone, and it's it's so good to be with you again today on Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks. Now, last time out, we finished chapter one of the book of James, and I would submit to you that James is at the top of the list for wisdom in God's Word today. Heading into chapter two, uh, like I referred to last time, there is a key link here between the last verse in James 1, verse 27, that says to keep oneself unspotted from the world. James says, and in the beginning of chapter two, James brings up the term world again, and every time he mentions it, He was referring to its fallen state, which runs contrary to the ways of God. Now, we the church are to be holy, but James defines holiness as going against the grain of the world and its system. Now, James will start out using the term partiality and favoritism as a common way the church then and now slides into worldliness. The world loves to honor the rich and neglect the poor. And James is saying that the church, if not careful, will honor the rich and neglect the poor as well. So let's read uh, chapter 2, verse 1. James says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Now, James is saying not to show favoritism, because faith and favoritism are completely incompatible. He begins this illustration with how the church will favor the rich above the poor. And that is exactly how the world operates. In the world system, you always honor, respect, and cater to the person who can benefit you the most. Is that what we as followers of Christ are doing today? So at this point, we could consider churches we've been a part of where leadership was determined by how much money someone made. If someone had a lot of money, they had a lot of influence in the church. Now, this is depressing, and there is no room for it in the church. But have we stopped to consider why we spend what we do on nice buildings and elaborate programs? Is it to appeal to the poor? Question mark. No. We have designed our buildings and created our programs to appeal to the rich. 
People who are rich expect excellence, nice things, and comfort. They expect to feel good, and we have spent God's resources trying to appeal to them. We have not had the poor on our minds at all. It's as if we have said to the poor, Sit at our feet, and we will throw you our scraps. We are guilty of favoritism. And in this way, we are virtually indistinguishable from the system of the world. We need to repent. You see, ignoring the needy and favoring the wealthy is completely contrary to the example Jesus modeled for us while walking on earth. God often chooses those who are the poorest materially to to be the richest spiritually. We should welcome everyone equally into God's kingdom, even if it means upsetting boundaries like class and race. The rule is simple. We should treat others in the same way we want to be treated. God does not play favorites, and neither should we. So in James chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. You see, favoritism disrespects man and ultimately favoritism dishonors God himself. James tells us that when you break one law, you are guilty of breaking all the laws. And in the process, you offend the one who gives the law. To show favoritism toward man is to dishonor God. Now, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, let's read those. Verse 12, so you live your life in such a way that acknowledges that one day you will be judged. But the law that judges also gives freedom. Verse 13, although you can't expect to be shown mercy if you refuse to show mercy. But hear this, mercy always wins against judgment. My friends, because favoritism is such a serious sin, James immediately takes us to an awareness of divine judgment and reminds us that we will be judged according to our consistency of speech and action. Bottom line, our words will be judged. Look what Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37, Jesus says, But I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will have to give an accounting for every careless or useless word they speak. For by your words, reflecting your spiritual condition, you will be justified and acquitted of the guilt of sin. And by your words, rejecting me, you will be condemned and sentenced. 
What God is speaking through Brother James is that words are a reflection of our hearts. And with that said, we have to understand how our works relate to judgment. Scripture says our deeds, or lack thereof, will be judged. I know some will be thinking that that doesn't make sense in the New Testament. But check out what Paul says in Romans uh, chapter 2, 6 through 11. Paul says, He will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, but wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. Paul says in verse 10, But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, for there is no favoritism with God. Well, folks, we're going to stop right there for today and pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you humbly today. We come before you needing more of you, Lord. I lift up every listener that's listening today, wherever they are. Father God, I pray that we keep oneself unspotted from the world. The world is after us to concede to them and give up on you, Lord. I pray that this worldliness would leave the church. Father God, I pray that favoritism is not an option. I pray, Father God, that we are more we are more quickened in our spirit when we see the poor and their distress. Father God, the poor is there and we cannot avoid them, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would be conscious of who they are. I pray, Lord Jesus, that each one of my brothers and sisters comes to know what you want done in their life and how you are to be used because of their verbiage, their, their speaking, their talking, Father God, and how they minister to the poor to the poor as in money-wise or to the poor in spirit, Father God. So we just lift up all these people, Lord. I just pray right now that you would have your way amongst every Christian around the world or those who profess Christianity. Father, I do this in your precious, precious name, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, it's always good to be with you. And I'd love to hear from you at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. 
But until next time, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks.